So a couple of the, the other things I wanted, did you download it? Did it show back up? Yeah, it's, uh, my, my profile is still intact. And it looks like there is, uh, fortunately, a, a nice little feather in my cap. It, there is some level of activity that has happened. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just like, oh, you were gone for three months? Yeah. Nobody Zero. knew. <laughs> Let's see what comes out of our mouths. Let's, <laughs> let's let it rip. Let's see what happens. Uh, well, today is Mother's Day, Connor. I assume I assume you spent some. Tell us about your Mother's Day. How did you? Uh, I celebrated Mother's Day uh, electronically. Unfortunately, uh, my mom yeah. and uh, David are in Massachusetts right now, um, helping my brother do a little bit of moving actually. Um, so they are, they're there and, uh, are tending to some, uh, as always seems to happen, uh, like, like a pipe burst or like a drain clogged or something to that effect at my grandmother's place. Yeah. So they're, they're attempting to tend to that. Uh, but we had a nice long conversation, uh, talked on the phone for close to an hour. And, uh, well, I will, so we'll celebrate again formally tomorrow. Uh, if nothing else, I'm on dinner duty. So that's my, that's my mother's day gift to, uh, to sweet mumsy. What do you, what do you, what do you, wait, uh, so many questions. One, uh, what are you going to cook her for dinner? I am going to make her some scallops, which she really likes. And I am going to attempt to make, uh, she is this like, if you asked her famous uh, Caesar salad recipe that she's showed me how to make a few times. So in like a classic, like almost as if it was younger Connor trying to like make pancakes and just burnt the shit out of them and brought them to her in bed. Right. It'll be like that. It's like, Hey mom, like I butchered your Caesar salad, but this is nice and then have other like backup uh sauteed vegetables and and who knows what else but scallops will be the uh the defining piece and then probably some salmon we've got some salmon that she really likes too what is your favorite meal um that your mom cooks growing up wow so there's there's two both of which are a little bit controversial so buckle up <laughs> what do you mean what do you mean controversial That's so possible It'll uh, it'll make it'll sense. Make sense. Okay. Right. It'll make sense if I describe them. So the first less controversial dish, uh, we used to call it pancakes with jelly, and <laughs> <laughs> it is uh, as you would expect, pancakes with jelly. <laughs> so what would happen is my mom would make these delicious pancakes these unbelievable pancakes also actually while we're while i'm talking about pancakes her chocolate chip pancakes are the best i've ever had in my entire life like there's there's no competition when when it comes to chocolate chip pancakes interesting uh, but so we would do i don't think we did chocolate chip with jelly i don't know if maybe we did that sounds good actually i probably did <laughs> <eat> it uh, <laughs> so she would make these relatively thin pancakes that we would then 
put jelly on and then roll up into these almost like taquito type of uh yeah, type of a, a structure yeah, 100%. and chow down on those bad boys uh so those were those were pancakes with jelly and fond memories of those and the second which is maybe a little bit more controversial uh or at least a little bit more unique is uh we used to call them pizza eggies Pizza Ooh, this this name is a little less intuitive than the last one. So yeah. So what? Here's the jet. The the gist. The general idea is you take leftover pizza, cut it up into smaller bite sized pieces, and then scramble however many eggs you plan on having. Right. So I'm assuming when it was us growing up, she would have. A bunch. I don't. I don't actually know how many we're eating at a time, but proportionate to then the pizza that you have. Uh, and when the scrambled eggs are almost done, you introduce the leftover pizza into the pan and scramble <laughs> that around with it. So oh it gets like goodness. a little bit of cheesy from the pizza. It gets whatever the toppings were that you had on the pizza. It gets a little bit of the doughy for like a nice change up of of consistency and flavor. Uh, and then all, all along with the the scrambled eggs themselves and let me tell you, uh, that is, I think, still, I put in like top three favorite things to eat, for sure. Okay, so that, that was going to be my next question. Is if, like, is that a comfort food you find yourself coming back to, or do you like avoid it generally now? But Oh, man. Well, um, I, I couldn't tell you the last time I had pizza eggies. Not because I don't like pizza eggies, but just from other nutritional choices that I've made over the last few years. Uh, I don't do a lot of I don't do a lot of cheese. Uh, don't so, do a lot of pizza in general. Yeah. But maybe we could try this real time. time. Yeah, maybe we try this real time. Is there a way we could make that? We could we could largely keep the flavor, but slightly tweak the ingredients to be kind of more in line with. Um, your nutritional kind of boundaries. There's got to yeah, be a way, I think, right? I think so. Uh, so, I mean, right away, I'm thinking if you're worried about caloric density of the cheese, there are reduced fat cheese variations that you can find. Like they, they discontinued it because uh, the labeling was wrong, I think was the explanation that I heard. But Trader Joe's used to have this unbelievable uh, low or reduced fat mozzarella cheese that still melted really, really well. Uh, but if you can find something to that effect, fat-free is going to be a little dicey because it's it, it just it just won't melt as well as cheese that have a, a relatively higher fat content will. But uh, if you're worried about calories, go slightly lower fat. If you're worried about dairy, either go dairy-free cheese variation uh, or uh, like a nutritional yeast is another great substitute or nutritional needs could just, it could serve both of those purposes. Um, and then you could sub out the actual pizza crust for, um, I don't know. You could find like, a again, my, my safe Haven Trader Joe's has like a cauliflower pizza crust 
which is again going to be a little bit more processed, but just less calorically dense. There are some recipes out there for do-it-yourself uh, cauliflower crust that is pretty good. Um, or you could, I mean, I suppose you could just take like a, I don't know, some kind of like a tortilla or something. It's going to be probably too thin to really replicate the consistency of the the pizza, but depending on your taste, that could work just fine. And then add in, you know, whatever you might have on top of, might have on top of pizza, uh, the ham, sausage, bacon, veggies. Probably, I, I don't imagine that pineapple would work really well in pizza eggies. I know that pineapple on pizza is a, a hot okay. Bed okay. Anyway, but this okay. Uh, <laughs> this is a great transition to something I want to talk about. So wonderful. Are you, are you familiar with Hinge? Like, do you I know generally what it is? I I am familiar with Hinge. <laughs> uh, well, I, you know, I just I, you never know. There's all these cool kids that are doing all what the what the young kids are doing these days, and so I didn't know you know how familiar you are. Uh, but it, it, no, I yes, un, unfortunately, <laughs> I, I can't say that I have it downloaded to my phone at this moment. Uh, but I oh my. <laughs> Uh, this this is what happens. I think I think when I had Hinge on my phone, I didn't have any fix, uh, pictures with with Nala, and she still yeah, doesn't let go. Yeah, man, she's still fired up. This is uh, this is I'm actually gonna, yeah. Go, go for it. Go for it. I'm gonna I'm gonna let her outside. Okay. Oh man. Nala. Um. And so. <laughs> I don't know if you can still hear me, Connor, but. So the reason I asked, I actually just got Hinge a week ago from today. And so uh, it has been a, it's like a jungle. It's like a journey through a jungle, man. It is, it is unbelievable. Like, I don't know how else to describe it, but you know how like, you know how like, uh, so you, you like set up pictures, but then there's like prompts and you have to like, a- like answer certain prompts. It's, you know, it's like some of them are like, truth in a lie, uh, Tell me yeah. like, something I'd like to know about you. So we're, I want to do, I want to see what some of your answers to some of these would be real time. <laughs> oh, that's, oh, this is an exciting twist. I, okay, yeah. well, I, I'm happy to sit on the hot seat for a little while, but then I'm not letting you out of this without knowing what the three that you chose are and your answers to those prompts. Okay, that's fine. Um, your profile. Oh, I'm sweating already. But okay. All right. So the reason I brought this up on the pineapples pizza thing, I kid you not. And this is nothing against any of the women that have this, but at least 60%. I mean, that's probably an exaggeration, but it feels like it. A lot of them have it. Like the prompt will be like, change my mind. And then it'll yeah. say pineapple, belong- about- pineapple belongs on pizza. And I'm just like, I, I, literally at this point, it's almost an immediate disqualification. Which I, is dude, I'm with you. I'm totally with you. And it's not, so, it's not because I don't like pineapple on, on pizza. It's, it's just because it's like, to me, it's a signal of like, hey, I, I would rather fit in than, uh, you know. Yeah, exactly. Like you're not going to spend, you're not going to spend the rest of your life with someone who blends into the crowd. Yes. Uh, yep. Se- I so, guess it depends on the crowd, but yeah. Again, again, like nothing. I'm sure the the ladies that have that are wonderful women, and if any of them are listening, like please, please change it. Please do change, something else. 
change my mind about change my mind about pineapple <laughs> on pizza. Change my mind about your answer to that question. It's that that's a meta. That's a meta answer. That's right. That's right. Uh, okay. So, but this is exciting. This is like the Oasis Project dating show part two. <laughs> we figured out how to lose yeah. a date in ten questions, and now we're gonna get honest hot takes to right. dating questions. So okay. I wanna I'm gonna make you answer uh, the ones that I answered. Just okay. just so just so we can see. All right, so together we could blank. Wow, that's a hard one already. Uh, Do you have a character restriction? Like, am I going to, like, write out a life story right now? Yeah, consider it, like, a tweet. So I think it's, like, 140 characters. Yeah, I get it. I get it. It's, kind of, like, short and punchy. Yeah. Um, So I will will preface this by saying it literally took me – hours like like legitimately four hours uh-huh. to figure out my answers to three questions like putting this profile together was one of the most anxiety inducing things i've like ever done in my life it is dude i i totally believe it uh actually <laughs> as it turns out um when i first made a hinge profile it was mm-hmm. actually in tandem with a good friend of mine Allie. yeah uh we were driving to new york to celebrate another good friend of ours, Crawford's birthday. And uh, they, he, they, well, both of them really had been, had been razzing me for a while about like, kind of like, do you, are you already dating apps? Like, you're coming to New York City. Like, what's going to happen? Let's, let's do yada, yada, yada. And so we had a, a six hour car ride from Shelburne, Vermont to New York City, where he is. And it took us the entirety of the time to develop what we thought was a near satisfactory dating profile. Just bullet. So I hear you. I hear you. That's right. That's right. As soon as it went live, I had 400 <laughs> notifications. Uh, it, it exploded. It, it absolutely man, exploded. They, it is, it was, it was, so this was actually, Sunday was my third attempt at Hinge. The first two times I tried it, I got so overwhelmed by everything that needed to be done. I just, I just said, "Screw it, I'm not doing it. It's not worth it." <laughs> All right, that's fair. So, There's a lot depending. Well, depending on like, I guess how much you care about it. There is a lot that can potentially go into those things. Yeah, 100. percent And I like, I still don't even really care that much, right. which, is, like, which is bad. But that that's like a whole another story. The only reason I, I got through it actually this time is is similar to your situation i was with a buddy who's been razzing me about it for a long time yeah and yep. essentially he was like he was kind of giving me the scoop on what it's like and how to do it and here i am like a like a freaking toddler trying to navigate a sandbox <laughs> for the first time and like it was it was unbelievable but we got through it we got um, through it made a profile and now it now it's just like equally as overwhelming where it's like man i i just i i can't wait to not have to have this that isn't isn't that hinges like whole shtick it's like the app designed to be deleted i think if i remember correctly that's probably right that's probably right um I, so it's fun. I promise I'm not just trying to continually deflect. I will yeah. answer these prompts. It is going yeah. to happen. Uh, but it's funny that you have that experience of like, 
it's continually overwhelming now that it's set up. And I would imagine that that in no small part is Minneapolis is a pretty dense city when it comes to people our age in their mid to upper 20s who are yeah. eligible bachelor and bachelorettes, right? Like you are going yeah. to be, there's a lot of potential stimuli for your hinge profile, right? <laughs> uh, contrast Speak that. Speak for yourself, man. Oh, stop it. You know for a fact. <laughs> you know for a fact. I could, I could, okay, well, this is a whole other thought experiment entirely. Uh, I could create a Noah Heisman profile that you didn't know about, and I'm sure you would be very successful. I could, I could artificially create uh, successful relationships for you. I'm sure. Don't be, don't be, don't there, be. There are. I feel like there are so many. We could literally spend the entire hour talking about this. There are so many like like smaller microcosmic things. Uh, Dude, let's do it. Let's 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 break hinge down to its component absolutely. parts. Absolutely. Okay. Oh, this is gonna be wonderful. Uh, yeah, have okay, you thought of an answer sorry. yet? Uh, not really. Um, but let me finish. Let me finish this this deflection story, and then I'll <laughs> scrap something together. Uh, so contrast your experience with uh, Bachelorette Overload in Minneapolis with. I remember uh, the reason, or actually one of the reasons that I deleted Hinge from my phone is that. Uh, the experience is very different in, in humble Vermont. Uh, not a lot of people that live in the state and not a lot of people that live in the area to where I would open the app. First time I'd been on it in maybe a, a week, 10 days, right? Like I just either forgotten or had been, you know, intentional not to spend a lot of time on my phone or, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I go and open the app and, uh, <laughs> Either like reply to or pass on maybe, maybe like five or six profiles tops, right? And then I get the screen of death that says, there are no other eligible people in your area. Check back <laughs> later. And I'm sitting there like, all right. So I just went through the greater Burlington area in four minutes. Like what, what? So uh, suffice it to say the population density of, of Burlington is not that of Minneapolis and it definitely shows on, on those dating apps. Um, it's just one more, one more wrinkle, one more layer to the puzzle, but all right. I digress from my distracted rambling ways together. We could. I'm, I'm very impressed. You remembered the prompt. I, I froze for a moment. I wasn't sure if it was together we could or together we should, but I, I was thinking that together we should, it seems like a, a little bit more of a, an abrasive <laughs> prompt for a, yeah. for a dating, dating app. Yep. Okay. Together we could. Oh, easy. What am I talking about? Together we could binge uh, John Bellion. Oh, nice! I thought you were going to say Love is Blind. <laughs> oh, that that would be a weird... Dude, there, yeah. there's a first date experience. Yeah, Watching 100%. Love is Blind on a first date. Uh, although, it's probably going to be easier to binge a TV show. It seems to be more conducive to uh, 
I don't know, ro- romantic stereotypical dates, right? Like yeah. as opposed to uh, listening to music could definitely, could definitely fall into that. Um, but speaking of, I've not yet watched this. And so no spoilers in case you have, but I plan to watch Dave. So uh, interesting. I literally, I, so remember that friend I was talking about Ben a few weeks ago who I yeah. FaceTime, FaceTimed with, yeah. um, so I had that, I had the, like my high school reunion, not reunion, but like the five or six of us that were really good friends, we FaceTimed and you, you would love this. So we FaceTimed on like Wednesday night, I think it was for like four hours. Have you heard of Sporkle? So, so um, tell me more. I know that I have, yeah. but I don't remember what it is. Yeah. 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 So one of my friends is a high school teacher. He's a geometry teacher. And so he's got zoom figured out. Um, and so he shared his screen. We went to Sporkle and on Sporkle, it's like essentially, it's like you're in the same room and you like play the game games together, like yeah, tri- trivia games. And so we played and you're going to love this. I almost, I almost texted you immediately after that we should do this. One of the games is it's a gen one Pokemon and, and you have to name all 151 gen one Pokemon Yep. I okay. Yeah. Now it's coming flooding back to me. I have such fond memories of Sporkle and particularly that challenge. Yeah, and it was the like it was the most fun I've had in a long time. That particular one, uh, Dude, it was so it was so fun. And then to get to experience that with a group of guys that I hadn't seen or talked to in such a long time, it was like, man, talk about talk about collateral beauty for sure. That was oh, 100%. like hundred uh, percent. What an excellent excellent idea for like zoom activities just like yeah. share your screen hop on sporkle and i'll contribute yeah That's no awesome. it it was unbelievable so highly highly recommend uh, that's awesome that. that's so good we did we did something similar we being my group of friends that i grew up with uh, here in vermont we've decided that now on a a weekly rotating basis, one person is going to serve as trivia host. So they write whoever's whoever's like week it is writes up four rounds of trivia. One of which is all about the person, right? So like if you were writing the trivia, you could do like miscellaneous uh, songs, movies, and then all about Noah and you make the trivia questions about you specifically uh, and so we are now on a weekly basis going to rotate who hosts and writes these trivia questions and all get together for a giant Zoom trivia showdown, That's uh, which it was so much fun. And I'm already looking forward to doing it again. Let me just throw out a warning for anyone that does this. I don't know if these individuals will ever hear this podcast to ever know that I uh, am am. Talk, talking trash basically uh <laughs> what happened was uh my friend sarah wrote this first round of trivia and my my friend Corey got a zero out of ten on the all about sarah <laughs> round <laughs> oh, so just be just be fantastic. just be warned if anyone listening to this takes this idea and run and runs with it, uh, there might be some some sore some some sore feelings that come out of yeah. uh, potential potential zeros. But it was a ton of fun, a ton of ton of fun. Um, All right, that's my answer to that question. 
yes. is. And this one took me a while. This is one of the ones where I actually wrote an answer and I came back to it a few days later after I had thought of a different answer that I liked way more. Nice. So, okay. So this one is together we could do whatever spont- spontaneous things we've always wanted to do, period, parentheses, like take a salsa dance lesson, period, and parentheses. Nice. Nice. I, I like that one. That's, I'm, I'm that's a nice, that like, leaves it open-ended, but... Yeah. proposes a potentially fun and and new and exciting activity. I think that's good. I was pretty proud of that's that good. one, if I, if I do say so myself. Uh, you should say so. <laughs> Next one. <laughs> the, key, the key to my heart is... Wow. So, uh, cut... Yep, go yeah, my, 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 my gut reaction, pardon the pun, is food. Uh, I don't know that I would, I'd probably get want to get a little bit more detailed than that. Maybe it's like food parentheses, like outline my favorite meal here. Uh, jelly pancakes. To that effect. Dude, pancakes or jelly, pizza, eggies, <laughs> and dessert. Sign me up. Love it. Okay. Mine is a new song I can listen to on repeat and wear out way too fast. Oh, like nice. little things, like little, like, like any little John Valiant, any John Valiant song, really, actually. So. Well, you know, I, I have a hard time believing you're going to wear out any John Valiant yeah, song. I could not agree more. All right, last one. <laughs> Best travel story. Best so I, travel story. And this is this is where I know how good of friends we are, just because, uh, like. Um, just because of our answers and how much we met, we mentioned John Bellion. So the one I, I listed was that I went to three John Bellion concerts in eight days, Salt Lake City, Denver, Minneapolis, and I would do it again in a heartbeat. That's my answer. Um, I don't know that that's like objectively, it's probably not actually my best travel story. I think my best travel story is the day in San, like the 10 days I spent in Santorini, specifically the day that ended in uh, me and my buddy losing gas in our four wheeler. Um, but still, it. I wanted to put the John Bellion in the concert in there, uh, mm-hmm. so that you know I I couldn't not mention John Bellion in any of the answers. Right, right. I, I again, uh, in my <laughs> all too limited exposure to dating apps, you got my stamp of approval. Uh, <laughs> you're, it's it's exciting. It's open ended for questions, and it introduces something that means a lot to you and that you're passionate about. I call that a I call that a win win win. I mean I I'm glad I'm glad you're you're not barfing on any of my on any of my uh no. I, I spent a lot of time on these. <laughs> uh Noah, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be let's all right, pull let's pull a cover back here. Those that's absolute trash, absolute garbage. You're never gonna get a response to any of those things. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely not. I hate to be uh, the one to tell you. Yeah. I have to be the one to tell you as your friend. Like you're, you're, you're begging for lonely nights with those. <laughs> <laughs> no, Just I don't mean that. Crying eyes. That. All right, what's right. yours? So, uh, my initial reaction is to take a somewhat meta approach and say the six hours I spent driving to New York city, putting this profile. Yeah. Together. Yeah. I like that. I, that's, that would make me giggle. That's funny. Um, another that comes to mind would be, 
uh, surprising, taking a, a trip to Maine to surprise two of my best friends and then flying back to sing the national anthem at a Twins game. Oh, wow. Yeah. Which, like, similarly, uh, I kind of is like intentionally vague and like, I, I want, I almost want to elicit exactly that reaction. Like, oh, wow. I want to know more about that. And then there's a, there's a conversation starter. Got it. Uh, one of the, so I'm just going to, I'm going to now put you on the hot seat for one of the, a couple of the random ones that I didn't answer. Okay. We'll see. I'm Uh, interested. So when I had, when I had my profile, I did not, the three questions that you answered were not three that I answered. Yeah. They, they, They've changed because they, when I, the first two times I tried to get this app, there were different prompts. Yeah. Okay. Don't they have a, don't they have a kind of extensive list? Yeah. And it's, that's what I mean. And that's part of what makes it so overwhelming is it's like, you have to pick a question and then you have to pick an answer, but then you're like so worried about trying to get the perfect answer that it's just like, it's chasing your tail, man. It is too many options, man. What is it? What's the paradox of choice, right? Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. All right, uh, grill me. Let's do this. Listen up, ladies. <laughs> I don't okay. mean that. That's, that's one of the douchier things I think I've said in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Listen up, whoever uh, may be interested. Okay, the dorkiest thing about me is... I live with my mom. Ooh. Uh, a random fact that I love is... Oh, dude, here is... So I, this is stolen from a friend of mine. I'm not going to say his name because in case he gets really flustered that I said his name. And <laughs> him out. This is, uh, this is stolen from a friend of mine. Uh, okay. You could put okay. this, you could put this on your profile right now. And I promise your engagement will go up like 500%. Uh, a random fact that I love is sea otters hold hands while sleeping to avoid drifting apart. Interesting. Which is true, and it's just like an instant, like, oh, yeah, that's so there, sweet. There's a few like that. Like, isn't there something about, like, a kangaroo keeps something in its pouch? I don't know the exact fact. I just know that there's there's some sort of cute fact about something, a kangaroo, like, some sort of rock. And something about, like, penguins being monogamous, and, like, there are other oh. ones like that, right? Yeah. The, uh, dude, the animal kingdom is rife with adorable facts that you can... You can slap onto a dating profile for an easy awe. <laughs> it's just so much, so many heartwarming animals out there. Yeah, you should. Okay, you should not go out with me if. Oh boy, this is such a this is such a potential disaster question. I know, dude. This one, I would never answer this because it immediately eliminates people. Right. Uh, however, the we've had this conversation before about uh, deal breakers. Uh, yes, you should not go out with me. You should not go out with me if you smoke cigarettes. Yeah, that's a good that's, one. That's a, a want, hard deal so, breaker. And another one that's like, um, so I'm. Think, go ahead. I was gonna say I don't think I would put that as an answer though. I'd probably search to try to find something a little bit wittier than that. But also because I believe the app can't. Don't you indicate whether or not you drink or like to the extent that you drink and smoke and yeah. Yep. Like use marijuana and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, but they can choose to make it not visible. 
Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. So, okay, that's it's potentially a good filter to have up. Yeah. So this is another one I think actually, like, I, I when I when I heavily weighed which questions to answer, and I thought hard, long and hard about this one. It's, it's, I'm weirdly attracted to. Now, I'm going to give you my reasoning for not answering this. I think mm. similar to the last question we just talked about, it yeah. actually has the effect of if somebody comes across your po- profile and does not meet the things you say you're weirdly attracted to, that like immediately filters them out. Yeah, immediate disqualifier, which on the one, I, you could make the argument is a good thing, right? It's like you're, m- more effectively yeah. narrowing your pool. But I can also understand that it is uh, certainly more of a deterrent than it is a magnet. Well, it's okay. But what my point is, is that it's like, so what if it's like, I'm weirdly attracted to tattoos, right? And so yeah. that's that's one you see often. And it's like, does that mean a dude has to have a tattoo? Or mm. does that just mean you're like weirdly attracted to him? And so my thesis is that, okay, you put that, and it doesn't even mean that you're like, the dude has to have a tattoo, but by virtue of you putting that, every dude that doesn't have a tattoo is like off the bat already like thinking he's disqualified. Right, right. Yeah, I definitely understand that line of thinking. And it makes a lot of sense as someone who does not have a tattoo. To use that example, if I saw I'm really attracted to, to guys who have tattoos, I would think, oh, there's no point. X, exactly. Disqualified. 100%. Disqualified. Immediately huh. immediate canceled. <laughs> right. Uh, so, okay. My answer to that, I think would be something to the effect of girls who lift or girls who work out, probably not girls who lift. Cause that calls to mind images of, yeah. uh, like your stereotypically overblown, like weightlifter or bodybuilder. Right. Which I don't think is anything mm-hmm. wrong with that. Like I have a deep admiration for people that do that because I understand the sacrifices that it takes to change your body into to, to, to get to such a state. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, similarly, I would imagine that would be misleading for people when really I'm, I'm trying to speak to girls that are exercising and that athletic and that care about them, their themselves and their health and their well-being. But if you just saw weirdly attracted to girls who lift, if, if a girl's reading that and even if they are someone who like does alchemy or F45 or, you know, something like that, it's like, oh, I don't fit that criteria. Wherein in truth, that's yeah. exactly the criteria I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So that this is a good lesson in like, you like ex- being more like not being so specific that you weed out. Cause like what you actually care about is what you're just talking about, that they care about their body, that they're that They want to be active, that they'll be active with you and that they're, they'll be around for the long haul and be healthy and all that stuff. Uh, and there are 18,000 different ways to skin that cat. And so like, why say, why say girls who lift when that's not what you actually mean? So it's like a lesson in precision with words for sure. Definitely. Yeah, both in the words given to you in the selection of the prompt and then the words that you are supplying in response to whatever it is. Yeah. Isn't like, isn't like girls who lift, isn't that kind of a thing? I feel like that's like a... Like a hashtag? Yeah, like a hashtag or like something that has just been, that's like a, a more commonly used phrase. Maybe that's why my mind went to it right away. Maybe. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. I I think, 
Yeah. I don't I think when I think about that, I'm just going back to the I'm for a reason I'm hung up on the dorkiest thing about me is and you said I you said live with your mom. Yep. I'm trying to think what mine is. Uh, and like do it. There are I yeah, I want to know. I'm also I'm I'm in real time right now. I'm re-downloading Hinge to see if my profile is still intact, <laughs> so we can see what my what my answers were. Yeah, that's phenomenal. But what's the nerdiest thing about you? I don't know. I I have a lot of just pretty nerdy things. Um, ah, man, like, do you know what? Lo- um, hmm. so the amount of times I've watched Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter and quote quote Gandalf and Dumbledore is actually probably absurd. Um, and like have Gandalf quotes just like running through my brain at all times. Uh, yeah. Like, you know, it's like, <laughs> uh, like a wizard is never late. I, I like to say that one to Josh all the time. Nice. Um, there is, is, that, a is, is that, do you break that one out when I hold you for like two and a half hours of podcast recording and then you're late for the last <laughs> dance? Is that what <laughs> A wizard is never late, Joshua. Uh, <laughs> I, I am a, I'm, I'm, it's a weird word, but it's called a, a logophile. Uh, it's somebody that loves words generally. And so yeah. I, a very logophilic word. Yeah. I, I, like I watch exclusively watch like Netflix and shows generally uh, with closed captions because I, I find it is a fantastic way to learn new words. Yes. Uh, you told me about one such word that I think is important to share with the world. Ah, uh, e- the one ethereal. That I- 100%. It's ethereal. Right? Yes. I think, yeah. I think so. Yeah. It's gotta I'm be, guessing myself. It's got to be ethereal. And the only reason I learned the word and what it meant is because I was watching Peaky Blinders and they played like this melodic like dreamscape type of like high-pitched like flute and piano it's like the you know exactly what i'm talking about and so it's like it's like it's like peaceful heavenly music and so that's and then it was like on the screen it said ethereal music playing and i was like what is that so that's how i learned that word (laughs) ethereal and ever since then i have just been like i've i've loved that's like my might be my favorite word in the dictionary now, especially, and it's weird, right? The reason I love words so stinking much is just because of like what they even do, right? So if you think about the purpose of words and defining things generally, uh, I know we've talked about this in the past, but if you think about the story of Genesis and like how in the, in the Christian uh, origin story, it's like God spoke the world into existence. And then you have, uh, Adam and Eve and they like name the animals. And so it's like, if you think about all of that things, it's like, it's the power of words, right? So before there was a word spoken or before animals were given names, they were just like, it didn't have any meaning. It wasn't until we defined them with words that all yeah. of a sudden there's a meaning associated with them. And to- in the, in, in, uh, there's like a, some really good stuff that Tol- Tolkien has on this too. Um, and I, like one of my favorite books is the book Lincoln's Sword. Um, it's uh, the presidency and the power of words, and it's all literally all about how Abraham Lincoln, uh, you know, his his penned as his sword uh, 
won the civil war with his ability to write and his writing and how he could just like heal a bleeding nation with his words. And it's just like, so I, that is something I have always been and will continue to be so obsessed good. with. Yeah. And I just like, it. it's, it's so, I don't know how to describe it other than I often like when I hear a good speech or something like it captures me, I will literally like see the sentence written out in my head. I will like word for word, mm. like watch the sentence get written in my head as if like my head is like a blank page. Yeah. And like, and the story is like spilling out in my brain as it's being said. And so I can like see the words and how they would appear on paper. It's so strange. Uh, but I love it. No, that's, that's really cool. I, I would imagine that would be, well, a, a trip one way or another. That's, it's gotta be a fascinating thing to have unfold in real time, but I think that's great. I think uh, that's awesome. so that's, that's probably the darkest thing about me. So, uh, would it be that it, it would be that you're, that you love, would you say the darkest thing about me is that I love words? Would you say that you are a logophile and then try to prompt people to ask what that is? I, uh, I, I think the word logophile is, is a little too much of a trap and that it can be interpreted with like for somebody not familiar with it. It can sound like something, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's you know? uh, the, well. Yeah, the suffix isn't isn't going to do you any favors. Yeah. So, um, yeah. and like, I a lot of you know, it's it's. I feel like it's a super cliche answer to be like, oh, I like, I absolutely love books or I love reading. And it, you don't really ever hear somebody say, "I love words." <laughs> I guess. Yeah, but, that's true. But uh, it's that's an important uniqueness, I would say. And coming back to our not wanting to be someone who blends in or to be with yeah. someone who just blends in I all just, crowds. Yeah. I just, man, I just talking about words is getting me all warm and fuzzy. Dude, that, uh, it's a good sign. It's a very good sign. <laughs> oh, and, and it's like, there's something about the perfect, like turn of phrase when you're writing too. And that's, this is why I love alliteration so much is because it's like that, man, whatever we gotta go we gotta get back to hinge but uh (laughs) all right well uh one of an episode coming soon uh i'm excited to do a deep dive on spoken word and actually maybe this is uh maybe this is something that we can talk about with uh spoilers next week our guest uh whom actually i've i've referenced once already in this episode of the podcast uh her name is Allie. she is a very good friend of mine that i grew up with uh, who actually is, as far as I'm concerned, the one that got away, which is an interesting series of questions that we can have uh, oh, that with is her terrible. in real time. She knows it too. Uh, yeah, she absolutely knows it. Um, but she was an English major and has a similar passion and affinity for reading and writing Gosh, both. I so I would love to fly on the wall uh your your two your conversation together. I would love to do that too. That sounds phenomenal. Um I yeah. That's 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 fantastic. Um so uh going back to um hinge though. Yep. So a couple of the the other things I wanted did you download it? Did it show back up? Yeah, it's, uh, my, my profile is still intact, and it looks like there is 
uh, fortunately, a, a nice little feather in my cap, it, there is some level of activity that has happened. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just like, oh, you were gone for three months? Yeah. Nobody Zero. knew. <laughs> Uh, so, so I'll, I'll take um, that. Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, on a more on a more s- serious note, like one of the things I wanted to make sure we talk about that if we're going to have this whole podcast be about Hinge. So I've t- I talked about how um, the prior like I tried to get this two prior times and ultimately just decided it wasn't worth it. Mm-hmm. Which uh, so, forgive me if this is a different direction than you're going, but which yeah. begs the question: uh, why why this third attempt? Yeah, uh, that does be- beg that question, but I'm going to back up a little bit. In, in, okay, in, that's fine. Uh, I don't want to steer you. I don't want to steer you. No, no, this is, this, is all, this is all part of the answer. So um, I was having this conversation with Britt, actually, who we talked to last week, uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I was, uh, when we were working out, and I asked her, Quarantine is a super weird thing, right? Especially if you're like me and you're quarantined by yourself. And so it puts you in this position where um, you're really, you're forced to hang out with yourself all day and your thoughts. And so uh, this weird thing happens, or at least it's happened to me where when you're forced to stare at yourself all day long and like what I'll say, look into the abyss and kind of look at all of the thoughts that for whatever reason seem to be felt more deeply than normal. Um, all of the emotions seem to be felt at higher degrees of magnitude than they normally do, which is a really strange sensation in itself. But mm-hmm. when you're, when you're stuck with yourself all day long, inevitably, and this, this goes to like what we were talking about, kind of what we were talking about, like suppressing emotions. It's like, there are these things that have happened in the past that we think we we stashed away and then we think we put away and we think are, you know, gone now, but in reality, they're just kind of lurking in the dark corners of our mind. And so what's happened to me in quarantine is like, there are these feelings and emotions and things from past relationships that I thought I had dealt with that suddenly reemerge out of the abyss and rear their ugly head, which causes me then to be like, well, I'm not ready to go on hinge. Obviously, clearly there's stuff that I haven't dealt with yet. Yeah. And so that yeah. that is that that sensation is like it's been like chasing my tail though and it's like a chicken and the egg thing, right? Because it's like on one hand I don't think you ever I don't think I ever would truly move past it until I give it a shot again. But at the same time it's this catch 22 of yeah, but is it really fair if I still have this stuff going on in the background of my head? Is it really fair to like try something with somebody new sure yeah i get that that's a i that's an unanswerable question i think in my head um and so ultimately it just came down to peer pressure this time around to be honest <laughs> sure um, fair enough because if, yeah, it was, it, if it was left to me and my own devices i i would not have done it. i would have got to the same exact conclusion for the third time in a row <laughs> yeah uh, yeah i think it's interesting to, you know, at risk of putting words in your mouth and assuming meaning from what you're saying, uh, it is an unanswerable question insofar as there is no right answer. Uh, but I think that there are, you know, you can, you can take 
a strategy or another, right? It's like, do you stay away from the dating scene until you have resolved internally these things that you have identified as still existing in the corners of your mind? Or are those things that you choose to instead work through with someone through the the support of a hopefully positive and healthy romantic relationship wherein like that person can recognize your faults or opportunities, depending, you know, how you want to look at it, uh, and work with you to help you become a better version of yourself rather than you doing all that legwork on your own. Um, or, you know, does that, does the relationship where that work happens, uh, does that necessarily need to be romantic or can that be platonic yeah. with like a, a, a you know, a, a mentor or a coach or a confidant or a good friend or what have you? Yeah, uh, you're 100% right. And this goes, um, one of the weird, my weird like ways I think about it is um, obviously the, is there's this weird like desire to, like when you talk about like examining like scar tissue on a physical body, right? I think the same, same exact thing exists on the soul and like on the, and like on the heart, right? Like the heart and the soul have scar tissue too. And so in the same way, it's like, you know, for whatever reason I have this, like, I don't know, I wouldn't call it a fantasy, but like when I think about a future relationship, I just like see it as like uh, in the same way I would point to that's the three scars on my shoulder, you know, and being like, Oh yeah, this scar is from X. This is from a football injury doing yeah. that same exact thing, but as it relates to like matters of the heart. Right. And so mm-hmm. it's like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, I've got, just so you know, like I've got this scar tissue here and that like, so that piece is a little more sensitive. Uh, and so it's just, just handle carefully and just know that, you know, if, if I react a certain way to something you do, it's not necessarily anything you did. Um, it might just be that, you know, I'm a little soft in that spot of the heart where it hit me. And so I just, I'm asking that you'd be patient. Um, and so just going through that process with somebody, I think uh, is like gotta be the ultimate, right? Yeah. So my mind goes immediately to, uh, I don't I don't know how necessarily this extends specifically to the heart metaphor, but uh, as I think about my personal experiences with um, literally scar tissue in my body. Uh, so I, I, through javelin in college track and field. And I threw out my elbow to where, uh, I injured it significantly enough that there was, there's, there's scar tissue there that mm-hmm. because I neglected it, I can no longer straighten my arm. Right. So, yep. uh, by virtue of ignoring the wound, it has permanently impacted how the rest of my life operates, which I think in and of itself is a very powerful uh, metaphor. But then if and when I make the effort to go to a chiropractor and have body work done, there is tangibly a a difference in the range of motion that I can achieve with that right arm, which I think is a further extension of it's like, hey, look, the stuff's in there and like it's going to hit a little different and it's going to hurt and it's going to be raw and yeah, sore. Man. But yeah. when you work on it, like things get better. Things That's improve. Like, yeah. It's like, hey, I have that that little like bone spur and like muscles are going to get caught on that. We got to 
we got to graft it down, right? Like we got to return and like graft it down a little bit so that things don't catch there anymore, but it's going to take yeah. work. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's absolutely beautiful, uh, metaphor. Um, I, one I think about often, um, but anyways, yeah, I like that a lot. I don't know. I don't remember how we got on that topic specifically. But <laughs> going back, going back to Hinge profiles. So this is another uh, uh, eternal—not eternal question, but I think it's fun to cast it that way. Um, yeah. When setting up your pictures, it's yes. the question of. It. So, my friend group has derived this bifurcation between uh, douchey shirtless pictures and tasteful shirtless pictures so i it's so funny that you bring this up i had yeah. the exact <laughs> same debate multiple times both yeah. on route to new york in the car and then once we arrived uh so i actually as i look at my my profile of old uh i have my kind of compromise that i'm looking at but i'm curious to hear your thoughts and where your conversations went yeah, so the conclusion I came to was it has to be tasteful and have another person in it. I think that's a fair assessment. I would agree with that. Uh, and that was just the conclusion that, that I came to, yeah. So uh, naturally, the follow-up question that I'm sure is on everyone's minds as they feverishly take notes about how to put together the perfect <laughs> dating profile uh, <laughs> is uh, what what – where do you draw the line? What constitutes a tasteful shirtless photo? Is that like two guys out at the out at the beach? Is that like a group of friends at a, on a That's, day on the boat on Calhoun? Like where? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna define it in the negative. So I'm gonna tell you what it isn't because I feel like okay. that's easier. What it isn't is like a a picture of like like that you took yourself. A like in yes. like a mere okay. a mere selfie or just generally it can't be a picture that you took. Oh, okay. So wait, hold on. Um, mirror selfies are bad. <laughs> I, 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 couldn't gonna, I couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. I'll straight face. Say, I was say no, I, I trust. No. I trust you're being sarcastic. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm gonna do some serious reorganizing of my hinge profile. <laughs> uh, you might as well just start over at this point. God damn it! Yeah, just start from scratch. Um, no, sorry. Anyway, so it's not it's not a picture you took yourself. Yeah, and I and it's a really fine line. I don't know, and I would because like I I would say like a picture of somebody working out like in a it, it I think that works as long as it looks candid, even if it's not. Sure. Um, okay. I don't. It's one of those things, man. I think you just know it when you see it. I think that's like, fair. I think that's I think fair to like, say. Because if, if somebody else were to have it and you would cringe, it's just like it's looking at it objectively. It's the classic view from above. Like that's still yeah. thing, right? Like looking at it as if it's not you you're looking at, but it's a third person. And like what would, you, what would you think? Would you cringe a little bit? If so, eh, probably not a good one. Probably, yeah, choose, probably, probably choose a different one. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Do you have any shirtless photos in your profile? Uh, the very last one, and it's and it's me and my uh, one of my really good friends on his bachelor party, and we have boogie boards on the beach in Florida. 
Oh, nice. Okay, that's see, like I, even just by description, I can tell that's a tasteful choice. Uh, I I made, I made sure it got the stamp of approval uh, by by three friends who all said it was tasteful, shirtless. Yeah, no, I think you did the right thing. I think you did the right thing. I had to outsource that. Yeah. So here's another here's another one here's another uh, interesting thing. I, I'd be curious to get your thoughts on. So, yep. Especially during quarantine, it's it's it was it's a little weird because I feel like there are it's more active. There are more people on it. And I was just talking to my brother about this. There are more people on it than normally would otherwise be, which can be good and yeah, bad. probably true. Good and bad because the 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 thing the thing that I probably was most skeptical of this time around was like, okay, how many of the people that have it now just have it because they're bored? Like literally that's the only reason they have it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and so it's the situation and what, like why, why I said earlier that it's been like anxiety inducing and overwhelming even after setting it up is because it's like, you know, not only if you think about all the time I sped up, I, I spent trying to come up with like perfect answers to those prompts and now it's like there's so much pressure on your first few messages to the person that they have to be crafted perfectly. And then if they're not, then they're going to be disinterested. They're going to find you disinteresting or plain or like – and so there's so much pressure on those first initial messages that you end up spending just a embarrassing amount of time trying to like think of these messages to send. You send one, maybe two, 80% of the time – you know, you message back and forth maybe once or twice, and then you never talk to them again. But think right. about how much time you spent trying to craft that perfect message, and then you end up never even talking to them again. It's just like, right. to me, that's that's when it like spirals into this. Like, this is futile. So uh, this is a conversation that I know that we have had. I believe that we had on the podcast, but I will flesh it out to a, at least a serviceable degree to ensure that. I'm covering my bases just in case. Uh, I, I'm such, such, such an adamant proponent of giving yourself permission to be unapologetically yourself in all moments of romance. And I think especially so given the circumstances that you've outlined, right? Like if I go out of my way to create what I think is the perfect message that I should be sending or that should be sending, excuse me, if in any way the process of creating that message compromises a message that I would actually be like, that I would actually say to this person, if we were together face to face, for example, I've already defeated the purpose of sending the message in the first place. Cause like if, if your intention in being on one of these apps is to, and I understand it's different for different people and, Another potential wrinkle to this conversation is like what dating apps serve what purposes, right? Where like Tinder is notorious for being like the hookup app where Hinge tends to be a little bit more like relationship oriented. Uh, You know, but anyway, depending on what your intentions are, you can go into those conversations differently. But assuming that you are attempting to converse with this person in an effort to create an actual relationship potentially of substance uh if i've done anything to compromise who i am in the construction of the message uh both the process and the actual literal words that i type out and hit send 
uh, I've already compromised the relationship that is to follow because I've expressed to this person something that is inauthentic to who I am. And at some point or another, should this, should our relationship become something of significance, that's going to come back around to bite me. Right. It's like, it's so tempting. And I, and I understand the temptation. I've, I've fallen into that trap plenty of times myself in the past where you put yourself out as what you believe to be this uh, perfect, idyllic individual. And in doing so, compromise who you are, which at some point or another over a long enough timeline is going to catch up to you unless you're content to live this facade for the rest of your life with this person who over that certainly that that long of a timeline you are head over heels in love with and spending the rest of your life with. So it's a long it's a long-winded way of saying like it's not worth sweating the construction of the message like go with your gut and maybe I mean you can give yourself a little bit of wiggle room to figure out you know, there's certainly better messages that you might say than others, right? Like I might say, Hey, and I might say, uh, I don't know. I might some, some witty response to one of their photos. Like those are different things. And one of those is probably going to get a response more likely than the other, but you never want to compromise who you are in the process of that, that construction. Yeah. Uh, two thoughts. One, I, I, I love the way you talk about um, not compromising it because I'm very much, you know, like alchemist is like the whole universe will conspire with you um, type of thing. Well, yeah, uh, but it can't conspire with you unless it knows what you want, right? And so Mm -hmm. that's what I love. And so that's the whole idea of like not compromising it. It's like, how do you expect to find the person you want if you're not even putting out into the universe what you want? Yeah, 100%. 100%. A hundred percent. Yeah. So that's reaction one. Uh, reaction two is what I struggle with isn't isn't the responses untrue to myself. It is is this like fumbling around of like how do I best showcase my unique self in a way that will still get a response. Yeah. It's like you said, like there are there are there are like certain gut reaction things I could say. But there are other more thoughtful, still uniquely me things if I just like right. give it a little bit more thought. And so it's, it's – yes, sometimes it is like to the extent it becomes this, this thing of like, oh, what can I say that I think is most likely to appeal to her? Uh, I think it's important to like avoid res- those types of responses. Totally. Um, but you can e- just as easily chase your tail when you get into this game of trying to make it the most ideal – but still uniquely you respond. Right. Yeah. I think, I think you're spot on and I don't think there's a clear cut answer. Um, maybe I've been reading too much like personal development literature the last little while that uh, I'm like, I'm, I'm boxing this in too hard when in fact it's much more fluid than this, but I go right to uh, Stephen Covey's seven habits and beginning with the end in mind. Like, what is, what is your end goal with this conversation? Like, is this someone that you are like, are you, are you, are you see, not even with the person individually, but like, are you on this app to find your wife or are you on this app to like date around and kind of see if one of those relationships could flourish into 
something on uh, more like in a serendipitous way. Like if it's the former, I'm probably sending the more off the beaten path, but authentically me witty message. And if it's the latter, I'm probably sending something that's a little bit more generic, but still has a personal touch. And then depending on how that person picks up on it, I'm willing to slowly become more revealing and, and open with the more quirky and the more personalized types of messages. You know what I mean? It's like, am I putting myself out there at like at a nine out of 10 right off the bat? And it's like, well, like I'm going for it, man. Like I'm, I'm doing this to find my forever partner. And if these people don't respond, then I know for a fact, they're not that, or are you doing, it's like, Oh, like I'll I'll dip my toe in. Like, let's kind of see what happens. And then if something comes, something comes. Yeah, that's my that's no. my jerk reaction. That's my first thought. Yeah, no, no, no. I 100 percent hear that, and I, I think I'm also trying to balance one of the things I know uh, through introspection that um, I struggle with, and is in in past relationships. I think I one of my problems is I tend to put too much pressure on the relationship right away, and and, and how I talk about this, I usually say I try I try to rush forever. Um. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And so I'm, I'm trying to a little bit be a little intentional about being a little more playful on the front end and not putting so much pressure on it because inevitably what happens totally. when I put so much pressure on it is that creates these expectations. Expectations lead to unfulfilled expectations, which you know, just creates problems um, right. and friction where it need not. And so I think especially on the front end, I'm trying to be intentional about avoiding that tendency of mine just to give it a shot and then kind of uh, ramping it up. But it's a weird, it's a weird thing because like you're saying uh, you have to begin with the end in mind. And so it is like, if I don't see myself with them at all, or even like going on a date, then it's not worth it. But if it's like, Oh, I would, I would for sure like go on a date with this person. I don't know if I would marry him because I literally don't know anything about him, but be a little playful it's like getting to know them so that that therein lies the 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 trick man um but that's that's kind of so that's the other piece of of i feel like i have to take the playful approach given what we talked about earlier of with like the reason i hadn't i'd been i'd been stumbling before was related to this fact that like i will occasionally experience these things i had like feelings i'd like thought i had taken care of and it's like what is going on? Like, I thought I was past that. And then it just like comes in out of nowhere. And so it's like, okay, maybe it is just like being a little more playful and like seeing if there's, if I could just like get butterflies again. Um, And I will say, I will say there is, there has been one. I'm so excited. I'm so happy. Yeah. We'll see oh, if it goes man. anywhere. We'll see if it goes anywhere, but... but uh, oh, I, oh, oh, now I'm hot. Now I'll, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. That's awesome. It, the only, the, so the last thing I wanted to talk about, too, one of the things I struggle with um, is... So obviously you put your profession, right, on the... On yeah. The- yeah. I, yes. That is a thing. Yeah. And so that's another uh, hard thing to control for, right? Like it's 
it's really hard to because you know, like there are some and again I, I don't want to be like over I don't want to overgeneralize here but and so maybe this is just a story I tell myself uh, but it feels like I I feel like generally I'm always skeptical of a girl's feelings for me um, because my I'm very defensive in that I always suspect them of only being interested in me because of my job title as a lawyer. Hmm. And so it, yeah. it, it, and, and maybe it's unfair, but it's like on an app like this, where you put your job title, I, I, it, I always struggle with that because I would much prefer to like, if I meet somebody in person and it's like, I try not to bring it up until after, you know, you like, develop a connection yeah it's like when they know right out of the gates it's like ah would you i mean it goes back to the diversifying identity thing and like the whole yeah, it's exactly it's exactly what I was yeah say. yeah Just talking about like okay my value is independent of my job title i want you to love me for my soul and if everything were stripped away that's that's all anybody ever wants right is like right for somebody to love them for them and so then the question in my head is like <laughs> You know, is it even possible if they know out of the gate what I do? And like, how do how do I even discern that? Like, how do I how do I drill down to see what their intentions are and like what their motivation is? And like, maybe it's just me being jaded and overly skeptical and defensive generally, which is uh, likely. But um, I struggle with that. Yeah, and I can understand why. Uh, I think. Probably the, probably the easiest solve is I think you can hide your profession on Hinge, technically. But then that's really sketchy, right? So well, like- so okay. Uh, and here's here's what's interesting is is I can fully understand and empathize your perspective and where you're coming from. Uh, and mine is almost on the exact opposite end of the spectrum, as somebody who uh, works in uh, the fitness industry. And who, uh, like, if you, if you were to, if you were, to, if I were to put my work on any one of these apps, it would probably say something. It would be like fitness coach or like coach or self-employed, right? With like the nutrition yeah. coaching that I'm doing on the side, right? Yeah. All three of which stereotypically are going to get kind of the like side eye scoff, turn of the nose type of response. It's like Mark, like of his mind. Isn't wasn't he a fitness trainer? Yes, absolutely. And and yeah. do you remember the scene when uh, him and Jessica went to his place and she saw his? Uh, it's like this big textbook that you have to basically yeah. memorize yeah. front to back yeah. to to get yeah. a personal training certification. And she's like, "Oh, that's cute. Like, do you have your college? Like, you do you still do some college reading?" <laughs> yeah. He's like, yeah. "This is my Bible. Like, I I." Yeah. I like this, this makes or breaks my profession. And it's like, that's to a certain extent how I feel um, yeah. with, uh, with, with fitness and the like, it's like, I mean, we talked about it on when, when we had Brit on, it's like, it's the only industry that you can go and do a, a weekend seminar and then get some certificate that says you're a professional now. Right. Uh, yeah. And so one of the, again, of the stories that I tell myself and the, the limiting beliefs that I have is that, because I'm in this industry where there are so many or where, because it's so easy to 
get into that that invalidates the reality that I am passionate about fitness and nutrition. And uh, actually, I've not told you this yet, but to add another wrinkle to that uh, uh, list of things and relatively easily earned credentials, um, I just recently, in an attempt to use my quarantine time as actively as possible, finished about a 60, 65 hour um, online life coaching certification, which I'm excited about. Honestly, I think it, it lends a huge opportunity to the work that I'm doing with sci-fi and the opportunities that I can bring to whatever the Oasis project becomes. But I also know that on the surface, like imagine you're scrolling through dating profiles and you see occupation life coach <laughs> and like the stigma that comes along with that. It's like, yeah. okay. <laughs> now, especially uh, imagine worst case scenario, quote unquote, worst case scenario, uh, occupation life coach, dorkiest thing about me lives with my mom. Like, yeah. That yeah. like so immediately is like this is such a hard pass X for so many people because yeah. there, yeah. there are, right. There's layers to it. There's depth to those yeah. answers but nobody cares to dig any deeper. So I think the solve, Connor, and I i just so happen to know a corporate attorney, uh, I think the solve is we just, you just make sci-fi fitness or sci-fi whatever, or whatever you want to call it. You just make it an LLC and then you get to call yourself a founder. Perfect. So there Done. you go. Uh, make sure, you uh, maybe we'll connect offline. Just give me this guy's contact info. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make it happen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Well, uh, in the interest of um, trying to wrap this up and be cognizant of people's time, mm-hmm. uh, my brother made me um, painfully aware of the fact that we skipped a comfort challenge last week. And so, um, oh, this is true. Apologies, apologies to the fan base that we may or may not have. Uh, oh, darn it. I, we, I, we, they're out there. I never heard from our island friend, but they're out there. Yeah, that's okay. Maybe they'll hear this one. Maybe they just took a break. Maybe they took it. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, so this week, this week is an interesting one, uh, and what it is, it um, so it's going to be one person, and, and I, it's it's think about one person that you need to apologize to, but haven't. Oh my god! And apologize yep. to them. Okay. Uh, and the, what's, my, the only, what's my medium for apologizing? Uh, it, no, no, it can be text. Um, and I've, that's probably the right one for this particular, uh, depending on who you select. Um, yeah. But I think text is the right medium. And the only, the only rule for this one is it has to be, it can't be, I was just listening to something about like some uh, lady, I can't remember her name now that like has made her life's work on like apologizing and like it's a, I can't remember, but she was on Brene Brown's podcast. Anyway. So one of the rules is it can't be, it can't be um, an apology that is intended to make you feel better or an apology that might make the other person feel like yeah, it, it has to be with the aim of healing the other person. 
and like Got acknowledging it. acknowledging a wrong that you did. So it has to focus on your actions, not their response to your actions. So it can't be like, right, right. I'm sorry you felt that way when yeah, I did Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. You okay, know what I mean? I get it. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. So that's what it has to be. And it can include the word but. So you can't say, I'm, you know, I'm sorry, but you made it worse. Or I'm sorry, but you started it. And so here are the nine, this is, I just found it on Instagram quick. The nine essential ingredients of an apology. One, does not include the word but. Two, keeps the focus on your actions and not on the other person's response. Three, Includes an offer of reparation or restitution that fits the situation. Four, does not overdo it. Five, does not get caught up in who's more to blame or who started it. Six, requires that you do your best to avoid a repeat performance. Seven, should not serve to silence. I don't, I'm not sure I know what that one means. Um, eight, shouldn't be offered to make you feel better if it risks making the hurt party feel worse. That's what I was trying to articulate earlier. And then nine is the last one. Does not ask the hurt party to do anything, not even to forgive. Mm. Mm. So you got to do all that to me. Yeah, I will. Okay, great. Yeah. Uh, I so that's the challenge. I love it. I love it a lot. Uh, as it turns out, uh, it's like we're best friends. Uh, as it turns out, um, I have over the last couple of days uh, had kind of this in, in the back of my mind this inkling of like you really should reach out to this person and now mm-hmm. here is here is exactly that opportunity um yeah thank you this is gonna be this, yeah gonna be for good. sure i'm a big believer in uh so another nerdy thing about me i, I love v from vendetta and there's a line oh, in, so good yeah there's a line there where he's like i like god do not uh do not play with dice and do not believe in coincidence and so yeah. that's that those are words i live by i don't believe in coincidence um yeah. I don't, and so uh i'm looking forward to uh i i i admittedly am a little nervous about this one i could i actually wouldn't inspire as i actually did it in my life uh recently mm-hmm. and it was amazing like the the healing that it brings yeah. um or like the healing that that like that was expressed at least as far as i know like the gratitude when you like have a, like actually apologize to somebody that when you acknowledge the hurt that you caused to somebody else or the pain that you caused, um, it just has such a closed loop effect. I, I don't know how to else to describe it, um, but it's a, like a special thing for sure. Yeah, definitely. So. All right, brother. Well, this we has go. been fun. Um, this is this has been fun. I maybe. Uh... Maybe maybe my hinge profile stays undeleted for a little while. <laughs> oh, yes. We, we yeah. see what happens. I yeah, also thought, though... Go ahead. I was going to say, as as perhaps more of an experiment than anything else, uh, maybe for the next, like, two weeks, I'm going to set my location to Minneapolis and see yes. what your experience yes. is. Yes. Yes. Uh, I love right. that so much. And so, yeah, don't think of this as like you're hopping back on dating. If somebody asks you, just be like, ah, it's research. You, it's, That's right. Research. It's research That's right. for the podcast. It's, re- it's right. <laughs> I've got a, I got a, I got a thing that I'm, that I'm doing this. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a perfect, man. It's perfect. Uh, it's wonderful. Oh, uh, that's awesome. All right, brother. 
Well, uh, until next week, um, we'll look forward to talking to Ali on the podcast next week. And until yes. then, uh, fiat Lukes, everybody. Yeah.